It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, mmm, mmm content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Hello, good afternoon, AI. It's Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Hope all is good. This oh, oh, hang on. The phone's ringing. That's embarrassing. Sorry, I should have put that on silent. Hang on. Hang on. Shush, 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 shush. Hello? It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, r- really? Are you sure? Tonight? Do I have to? Oh, I see. Okay, thanks very much. See you later. Sorry about that. Um, I've just had the the call. Apparently, it's it's my turn to get called up to go on Dancing on Ice tonight. Unbelievable. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock now. Live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. And fall to pieces before that Ariana Grande 34 plus 35 and good afternoon hello it's Alec Feldman live on Wizard Radio until 5pm thanks for hanging out always appreciated hope you're good it's so nice outside have you been outside today oh my god I mean depending on where you are obviously but if you are specifically in England or possibly even the, the northwest of England oh my god beautiful there's so many people which is kind of a good thing and a, a bad thing at the same time but it's just it's nice to see everyone out and about it's like i haven't really seen half the population of where i live for about six months so that's quite nice it's a very very lovely day and that's put me in a really good mood i've had my vitamin d for like the week in the last half hour or so it's brilliant um hope all is good today on this afternoon's broadcast between now and five o'clock Cereal. We need to discuss that in a minute. Plus, I think before four o'clock, you know how this show is kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of a laugh, just mess about a little bit. I want to go highbrow, just for about ten minutes. We're going to have a very important and highbrow and intellectual discussion about the budget. Yes, we are. LinkedIn needs to die, coming up. And also, what the man who says hello in the, su- in the cinema is up to. 
plus big mouths cost lives. All things on the show between now and five. I've also got in tribute to the double act Daft Punk who split up this week a game called Ya Daft Punk. Um, it very much came name first, idea second, but that's at ten past four. There's a 60 second guide on the show today. We'll do another round of what's going on. And music is coming up from Derulo and Conan Gray and Doja Cat as well. After we do the worst and best things in the world this week. This is sort of my like, my sort of a countdown of things that I'm enjoying and things that I'm not enjoying. Just because I'm a very fickle human being. And so I want to tell you first of all about the worst thing in the world this week. And you're probably going to hate me for saying this. I don't want to be... Uh, a really negative a negative Nancy but I I'm not enjoying all the like the memes about the 21st of June because it it stresses me out a little bit the fact that supposedly according to to Boris on the telly there'll be no more social restrictions from June the 21st if everything goes to plan now look that's great that is great news that's really exciting that the normal world as we used to know it might be coming back off the pandemic but there's a massive but the massive but is the word if is doing a lot of heavy lifting if things go to plan and i i don't know i just there's this this sort of low level nagging in the back of my head going it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen don't get excited it's a bad idea it's all gonna go wrong and i just I can't quite shake that, and also, I, I've sort of forgotten what I do. Like, what do I do when there's not a pandemic? I, in, this, in the course of this pandemic, right, I've graduated from uni and moved cities. What what does my life even look like when there's not a pandemic? I genuinely don't know. So, I, I'm not enjoying all the memes about how great the world is going to be when everything comes back on the June 21st. I just... Partly because I'm scared, I don't, I don't, I'm not fully convinced it's going to happen, and partly because if it does happen, I, I don't know where I fit into all that. So, I know this will be an unpopular thing to say, but I am not feeling them at the moment. We'll see how we get on. There's still like four months until we have to think about that, so that's fine. However, one of the best things in the world this week, um, I, I know this will sound incredibly vain to say, but I would like to nominate my own Twitter thread about Chris Whitty. This is my personal countdown, so I feel like I'm allowed to put that in there because it's been bringing me joy. I've been enjoying just adding to it over several days. Um, at Feldman Alec, by the way, if you want to want to give us a follow. I've just done a thread about the UK's chief medical officer, Chris Whitty, who I am a big fan of, as you will know, doing things. You know how he always says, next slide, please, in his press conferences? Well, well, let's say, you know, he quit that job and he works in the registry office and he's doing weddings. He might say, next bride please or if it is it alton towers he might say next ride please and basically i've done a, a twitter thread probably with about 10 of these over the last few days and it's kind of dumb but, but i'm having a fun time i don't know if anybody else is but i'm enjoying it so i guess i'll continue adding to it as the days go on as i think of more stupid things that rhyme with slide so there you go that is my own nomination for one of the best things in the world this week it's myself am i allowed to do that i don't know it's my feature i make the rules but an even better thing that i've been loving watching on the news today because i had the bbc news channel on for a, for a bit earlier they're doing like live coverage of sir captain tom moore's funeral he obviously really sadly died a few weeks ago and it's his funeral today but i was reading about like the, the sort of the plans for it and i was like you know what absolutely fair play because this is quite impressive he says he wants on his 
on his uh, sort of you know the headstone to say I told you I was old again that's quite quite legendary behaviour you know most tombstones are quite dry affairs I like that he wanted to inject a bit of humour into it he's had a fly past from some aeroplanes at his funeral again incredible he wanted extra cake and sandwiches there again great and uh, one of the songs that they played at uh, Sir Captain Tom Moore's funeral was I Did It My Way by um, Michael Ball and Sir Captain Tom Moore. So he had his own song played at his funeral, which again is like kind of like me putting my own Twitter thread into the best and worst things in the world this week. I just think what an incredible guy, what a life he had. And even in his funeral, he's going out in style. And I'm really just enjoying that. What a great way to <laughs> great way to go. So big up once again, Sir Captain Tom Moore and his pretty good funeral. You know, if I ever die, you know, big if, I'd want mine to be as fun as that. So go on, Captain Tom. Nice one. Right. Next, let's talk about cereal. But first, someone who may or may not love cereal, it's Jason Derulo and Adam Levine Lifestyle on Wizard Radio. Derulo and Adam Levine with Lifestyle on Wizard Radio. My name's Alec Feldman. Hi. Conan Gray plays next. You know how there's a few companies that have done really quite impressively well out of this whole global pandemic thing. I'm thinking Zoom, Amazon, Netflix, all making an absolute killing because of everybody being stuck at home, which, you know, is, I suppose, quite interesting from like a, an economics point of view. But what would you expect to do well in a... Actually got those three. Anything else? because I would like to shock you now and tell you that the pandemic has been fantastic for the cereal industry. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming either, but apparently it's become massively more popular since we've entered lockdown. I don't really know why, um, but you know, cereal off of breakfast time, um, I've been reading about it because apparently I find that kind of thing interesting. And people, you know, cereal industry insiders have been saying, well, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a tough few years for cereal. You know, demand, it's kind of going down or it's a bit stagnant. But now, all of a sudden, everybody wants cereal again since the pandemic. And, and I mean, it's, it's true. If you look, I'm looking at a graph on personal expenditure on cereal and it, it does tell a clear story that it's suddenly shot up in the last year. And I don't really know why. Because cereal, it's it's good, but it's it's quite boring. It's sort of one of the constants of life. I guess, you know, breakfast time, you have your cornflakes and milk. Nobody thinks much about it. Nobody's binging on cornflakes as a snack. It just, it's just there. You eat what you eat, and that's that. But supposedly, pandemic times mean everybody now is eating cereal all the time and wants a lot more cereal. Uh, it, uh, here's a good stat as well. I don't know why anybody's ever recorded this, but the, the biggest one-month percentage increase in cereal consumption ever... Get your head around that one. 5.6% in July 1973. I don't know what was happening in July 1973. Was there, was there an oil crisis or something? Um, but cereal demand jumped by 5.6%. Guess what it was in March 2020? 27%! Oh my god! An increase in demand of cereal of 27% in a month. That's crazy. It's huge. I don't fully understand why, but I guess the pandemic hit 
Everyone stays at home. They're not really changing out of their pyjamas. What do you eat when you're in pyjamas? Cornflakes, Cocoa Pops, Rice Krispies, all those kind of things. All of a sudden, the cereal industry is living its best life once again. It's, the, it's like the golden years again, before avocados were invented, or bagels. They're having the best time ever. So that's some good news. Uh, as rubbish as the pandemic has been for almost everyone and everything, um, Zoom, Amazon, and Kellogg's are apparently now doing really well. So you can all enjoy that next time you're enjoying your Cocoa Pops, knowing that you're making a lot of people very rich. And, of course, that cereal went up by 27% in a month last March. Remember that stat, because it'll be in a pub quiz one day. Trust me. Right, next, um, after this highbrow financial discussion, I would like to continue the highbrow financial discussions with a very important topic, the budget. I'm going to try and be highbrow. Do we think it will go well? Find out in about two minutes. This is Conan Grain Overdrive on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio with Conan Grain Overdrive. It's Alec, all right. Doja Cat and Rihanna Maria on the way. But now, let's get serious for a second. It's time for a highbrow discussion. I know we don't normally do that kind of thing on this show, but I want to I wanna raise the tone of it. I want to raise the bar and develop my skills as a, a broadcaster, become like a... I don't know, like a Nick Ferrari or a James O'Brien type figure who are both, you know, proper like political broadcasters. And I would like to join their ranks by talking to you about the budget. Uh, The budget is what the government does when they decide how they're going to spend all the money, basically. And they're like, right, this is what we're going to spend money on this year. This is what we're going to cut this year. We're going to tax this this year. And uh, it's, it's it's a great time. And it's put together by Rishi Sunak, Dishi Rishi, who's, you know, the Chancellor. You know him from Eat Out to Help Out, that guy. Um, The roaring success that that was. He gets out a special red briefcase. He stands outside 11 Downing Street and he says, right, let's spend some money or let's let's not spend some money, depending on how he's feeling. So that's happening on Wednesday. Wednesday is the big budget day in the UK which is very exciting for fans of macroeconomics. Um, But listen, if he's anything like me, um, it won't be written yet. He's got how long? Five days until the budget happens. Now, if I was him, I'd probably start working on it. Maybe Monday. I wouldn't do it on Tuesday night. That's much too late. I'd probably start Monday morning would be when I'd like properly sit down and be like, oh God, I've got to do a budget. Right, come on then. What we're going to do. Um, and just leave it kind of to the last minute a little bit. And so I'm concerned that he might be doing the same thing because that's what I do. I'm kind of projecting myself onto the Chancellor of Exchequer, Rishi Sunak. So I think we should help him out a bit today um, and have a very highbrow uh, conversation about the budget and economics just in case he needs a bit of inspiration because I know he's a big fan of the show or at least the podcast. Um, He had it on a mug once, I saw. And so let's give him some inspiration, right? What should we spend money on? What should get cut? What should get taxed? Um, For me personally, I think more cycle lanes, they're good because I use them, Um, maybe increase tax on cars to like, I don't know, a thousand percent. And then everyone can ride bikes. Oh, and give out free bikes. That's important. That would be something that would benefit me and possibly nobody else. So that'd be kind of good. Um, Has anybody got any other thoughts? Anybody? Um, 
if you do, if you want to give Rishi some inspiration for his budget, what would you like to spend the government's infinite pit of money on? Um, some people say it's not infinite, but it, it basically is. What would you do? What would you not spend the money on? What's getting taxed? Oh, and by the way, loads more money for the NHS as well. Yeah, those are those are my two things. Abolish cars, essentially, through the back door. And loads of money for the NHS. And they can all also have bikes. <laughs> that's that's what I would do if I was him. The two announcements I would make. Um, I wouldn't, I'd kind of, I wouldn't tax the rich. I'd just, like, eat them. Which is sort of a tax. It's like a stealth tax. I think they're cool. So, come on, let's give Rishi some inspiration this afternoon. 07807 183538. That's my number. You can email me as well on station at wizardradio.co.uk. Let's compile the people's budget by the people for the people. If you had lots and lots of other people's money to spend, what would you spend it on? What would you cut? And what would you tax? It can literally be anything. We can have a very highbrow conversation, although I, I suspect um, it will sort of descend into stupidity, but that's kind of what I'm after. So 07807183538. What are you spending all of the money on if you were Rishi Sunak making his budget on Tuesday night at the last minute? Let me know. Coming up, uh, Joel Corey and Rihanna Maria, and this is Doja Cat and Streets on Wizard Radio. Live from a slightly funny-smelling basement in Manchester, this is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Rihanna Maria and Tiger with So Pretty, and before that, Doja Cat and Streets. It's 3.35, and you're listening to ABC. That's Alec's Big Chat. We discuss all the big issues. We are quite literally leading my conversation. 07807183538. That is my number. If you would like to contribute to Alex Big Chat this afternoon, we're talking the budget. What will Dishy Rishi do on Wednesday? Will he cut all schools and give the money to dogs' homes? There are rumours that it might happen. Will he introduce takeout to help out where everybody gets free takeaways? Who knows? I want to know your thoughts on these important matters. So get in touch with me right now and we'll have a big chat on Alex. Big chat. Um, so what do you think? I'm trying to work out what he might do. I mean, the, the cutting all schools and giving it to dogs' homes is a, a good shout, to be fair. But Jessica is saying, no, I'm, I think this will be a controversial one, but I think it's very important. There are so many rich people in the country who have got more rich since the pandemic started. I mean, look at, look at Kellogg's. And yet, there are so many other people who are suffering so much. So I think that rich people, specifically the ones who have made even more money than they usually would have done if there wasn't the pandemic, should get taxed at 80%. That money should go to pay for roller skates for everyone else. Roller skates are an amazing form of exercise. They're fun, but they are very expensive. I think we could all do with more roller skates in our lives. Thank you, Jessica, for your contribution. That is a very, very salient point I think you make about the disparity in wealth that there is in this country between rich and poor and indeed between those who have roller skates and those who don't and i think roller skates should be universal much like you know the national health service we should have the national roller skating service because what would our great nation be without without roller skates i just can't picture it i think they're so important i i sadly am not a person who owns roller skates and i i do get sad about that i feel like it's really unfair and so if I were to get 
you know, free roller skates at the expense of the rich. I think that'd be a great policy, and Rishi Sunak should really strongly consider implementing that in his budget on Wednesday. I have heard sort of murmurings that there might be some kind of tinkering around the edges of, you know, the tax system and uh, roller skate policy, but I'll have to get in touch with my sources more to find out more detail on that one. I don't think we will be seeing universal free roller skates in this budget, but possibly something to work forwards um, to in 2022 or three. So thank you very much, Jessica, for your contribution to the people's budget. Megan says, I'm in support of the sugar tax. The UK has an obesity problem. That's not new. But if he's going to introduce a sugar tax, that's, you know, that's up to him. But he should exclude ice cream cake from that tax. I have two reasons for this. Firstly, ice cream cake is amazing, so it shouldn't become even more expensive. But also, if ice cream cake is exempt from the sugar tax, more people will start making ice cream cakes because it will be cheaper to make them. Then suddenly, ice cream cakes will become the nation's new favourite food. And how amazing would that be? I'm for ice cream cakes all the way. Again, another really thoughtful and well-reasoned contribution to uh, Alex's big chat there. So thank you, Megan. Um, it's interesting that you, you start by supporting uh, the sugar tax, so you're clearly not a person who's opposed to all taxes. You just think there is a legitimate exemption that should be made for ice cream cake. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Although, I, I've never had an ice cream cake. Are they, are they good? What? Is a Viennetta an ice cream cake? Does that count? Or is it like a cake that, that's just that's ice cream? Is it Alec, like a Alec. mixture of ice cream and cake? Hello. Alec. Hi. How dare you? What have I done? How dare you call a Viennetta an ice cream cake? Well, I don't know. What is an ice cream cake? Is a Viennetta not one? An ice cream cake? It depends, really. There's two schools of thought. You've got the purists, and then you've got the right. modernists. It's much like religion in that way. <laughs> um, I'm a modernist. I believe that an ice cream cake is a mixture of cake and ice cream in cake formation. So there needs to be at least one layer of cake, actually, you know, made cake, sponge right. layer, surrounded by ice cream in the formation of something that looks like a cake for it to be an ice cream cake. Purists, such as Costco, would say that an ice cream cake can just be essentially a large slab of ice cream in the formation of a cake. However, a Viennetta is not in the shape of a cake, so it is not an ice cream cake. It's the shape of like a loaf cake. No, don't you dare. (laughs) Don't you dare. It is not the formation of a loaf cake. Also, loaf cakes are... I hope you do not think a loaf cake is a normal type of cake because that's a very sad indictment of where you are in your life right now. But what other then? A loaf cake is a cake. It's a boring cake. So a cake has to be round to be fun. Thank you. You've literally read my mind. Okay. Um, a Viennetta is in the shape of a Viennetta. It's in the shape of an ice cream. It's like saying, oh, is, um, is an... Cornetto the same as a cake? No. <laughs> because you could say that a Cornetto rested on the side is similar to a loaf cake. And I'm here to right. say, no, it's not. Or a cake pop. <laughs> similar shape. I've really touched the nerve here. That you I have. expect to touch. I'm really, I'm really sorry. I'll never make that mistake again. Stop touching my nerves. Okay. Um, but uh, here's the thing. 
If we're going down these these two definitions of what constitutes an ice cream cake, the purist or the reformist, how does that work for tax reasons? Because I know there's a big problem currently with Jaffa cakes and that, you yeah. know, what are they and how does that affect whether you have to pay VAT on them? So surely it would be the same here. If you want to carve out an exemption for ice cream cakes within the sugar tax, yeah. you'll have to define what an ice cream cake is. Otherwise... So- everyone will say it's an ice cream cake to avoid the tax. Now, this is, I personally think, going to be Rishi Sunak's most controversial new policy. It'll be like the pasty tax all over again. It will be. It will be. Because what counts as an ice cream cake? You're right. Now, for me, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm more on the Republican side of the argument on this. <laughs> personally, I believe that only modernist ice cream cakes with both cake and ice cream should be included. So even if... He said all ice cream cakes, whether it has cake in it or not, are tax are not included in the tax. I won't be happy because I don't believe that ice cream cakes without cakes in them should be exempt. I see. Interesting. Well, thank you very much, no James and Megan, for your contributions to uh, the people's budget. It's clear that this is a hot debate topic to be saved for another time. But Rishi should definitely at least consider... Uh, moving to implement some kind of exemption for ice cream cakes under the sugar tax. Thank you very much, all. Alex says, with regards to his contribution to, you know, Rishi Sunak's budget on Wednesday, I love the takeout to help out idea, Alec. Thank you. I can't take credit for it. I think I read it on, on Twitter like yesterday. But uh, he says, the problem I had with Eat Out to help out is that you had to leave your house to participate in it. And I'm not going to lie. I really like staying at home and, in fact, not going out. Um, it's not even a pandemic thing. I just generally prefer eating at home than eating out. So if takeout to help out was introduced, I would be able to get takeaways for less money. I don't know whether that really helps restaurants or not, but it helps me. So isn't that a good enough reason for it to happen? Well, listen, Alex, you're a taxpayer, or you, you might be at some point in the future. You buy things, so you pay VAT, so you're a taxpayer. Um, therefore, absolutely, that's a good enough reason for it to happen. If you want takeout to help out because it conveniences you, personally i think that's as legitimate as anything you know everybody's got their own self-interest to pursue and if that's yours then that's absolutely fine um i do i think it's interesting that you you enjoy staying at home regardless of the pandemic which makes you i think the sort of the ideal citizen as far as the spread of infectious diseases is concerned so i don't know if that's your reasoning but uh congratulations to you for that and maybe we will see some kind of takeout to help out introduced in the budget. Maybe maybe it'll even be takeout ice cream cake to help out. Who knows? If he's gonna, you know, go big on these pro ice cream cake policies, we might see the two combined and you can order ice cream cake to be delivered to your house and he'll pay half. I mean that would be the ideal outcome here really in this budget that's happening on Wednesday. And I think that's where we can round off Alex Big Chat for this afternoon. Thank you very much for contributing your views to the hottest topic of the week. Um, I'm sure if he's listening back to this on Tuesday night, going, oh, God, what, what do I do with a budget? Oh, no. Um, he'll take a few of these ideas, so you know, you know to be listening. And if he has pinched any of these ideas, we'll know where he got them from. Right, coming up next, why LinkedIn needs to die. But first, this is new from Joel Corey Ray and David Getter. It's called Bed. Joel Corey Ray and David Getter together at last with Bed on Wizard Radio. Hello, Alec Feldman here. 24K Golden is playing in a second. But first, 
another reason why LinkedIn needs to die. It's all, you know, it's like it's like social network, but for boring corporate professional types. I I don't fully know why it exists. I must confess, I do actually have LinkedIn, but again, I don't know why. I just feel like I I should have it because it's better than not having it. So I've got it. I don't really check it, but I saw a screenshot of this post from LinkedIn. And I was like, oh my god, this is <clears throat> the worst website ever created. Why Why does this exist? Why has this been done? What is going on here? And I want to share it with you just because I thought it was kind of funny, but for the wrong reasons. So you know people, I don't know if you have it, you probably don't because you have a life. But people usually post kind of a combination of supposedly inspirational stories um, positivity or complaining about the fact that they don't have jobs, that kind of thing. And I saw this kind of smug brag from someone, and I, for some reason, I looked, I looked sort of twice at it. I scrolled past it. And I was like, "Hang on, what's that? What's that tweet I've just seen?" Someone's posted a LinkedIn screenshot. Okay, this should be good. And it's an email that's been sent to this person that they've shared on their LinkedIn. Let me let me read you the email. It says, Many congratulations. Dear person, I am pleased to confirm as the chair of the exam board that you got your first class honours degree. In fact, we have not seen a profile like this where a student has achieved a marked over 70 in every single year in my 30 years of teaching. It's just amazing. The external examiner commented and said this is the most exceptional profile he has ever seen. Well done, and I am very proud of you. Now, what? That's not the kind of email you would get from the chair of the exam board. Ever. I don't think this is a real email. There's something... First of all, the font doesn't look quite right. It looks like it's been, like, edited. Like, it's a bit... It's a bit too clear, you know what I mean? A bit too black in the colour. But also, I mean, there's a couple of, you know, spelling and grammar mistakes. Achieved and marked over 70. For one thing, in gen- general phrasing, is not what you'd expect a chair of the exam board to say. For example, you got your first class honours degree. Is that what they'd say? <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, well done, you got your degree. Well, like, I'm delighted to award you with a first class honours degree. It's like, oh, yeah, you got your first class honours degree. Well done. Um... The, yeah, saying it's just amazing. Again, kind of oddly informal. And would an external examiner really say, I don't I don't fully know what that is, but would, would they really say, this is the most exceptional profile I've ever seen? Like, that's, that's quite extreme as a thing to say. And then would they really sign off? The chair of the exam board, who, you know, is in charge of all of the exams for, like, the entire university, for, like, tens of thousands of students, would they really sign off with, well done, and I am very proud of you, <laughs> like they know this person? Would they really? Is this something that would actually happen? I'm not sure. I'm really not convinced. The gen- even the idea that the chair of the exam board would write to anyone to let them know their exam results and congratulate them just feels completely removed from my university ex- experiences where basically nobody knew who I was. And I just think this email is basically a complete fabrication and someone's posted their LinkedIn to be like oh look how great I am and I saw it shared and I was like oh my god this is terrible why does this app website thing 
still exist. What's the point? We're finished. We might as well go home. I've never had an email from the head of the exam board. So what hope do I ever have of getting a, a good job? None. What a shame. So, so there you go. That is why the app is terrible. What's going on is coming up next. But first, a new song by 24K Golden. It's called 3, 2, 1. 24K Golden with 3, 2, 1 on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman on. Hey, afternoon. Okay. It's that time of week again. It is 5 to 4, Saturday afternoon, which means it's time for... What's going on? It's a game. We play it every week. It's very, very simple. Possibly the easiest game I've ever, ever played on the show. The least complex, for sure. All you have to do is explain what's going on. I'm going to play you a little a clip in a second. And in that clip, it's just, it's something. You will hear something happening. And it's kind of a bit confusing. It's a bit vague, often a bit noisy. And just overall quite chaotic. All you need to do is, based on listening to that a couple of times, use your brain, use your logic, use your imagination to construct a plausible explanation for what is actually happening in said clip. It, like I said, really, really simple. And so once you've done that, you can send it to me and I'll let you know whether or not you've got anywhere near close. Now, I must warn you, today's clip, um, it's quite unpleasant to listen to. I've listened to it a few times and each time by the end it's been like, oh my God, make it stop. But it is quite funny and I assure you the thing that is actually going on is ridiculous. It's been making me laugh multiple times. I keep seeing it this week and it makes me laugh every time. So, are you ready? Are you concentrating? Is your imagination in gear? Let's have our first listen to this week's clip. Oh, there's my little chef. Very nice. Thanks, buddy. Right, I told you it was somewhat unpleasant to listen to, but there you go. That's the what's going on clip for this week. So let's dissect that. Let's analyze what we've just heard. There's throughout basically the whole thing, there's a really horrible screeching noise. I don't know what it's coming from, but there is a horrible screeching noise for one thing that's very loud. That's, I'd say, the main thing. We also hear some crashing about, some sort of smashing in there. But there's also some weird, like, slightly cheesy background music and a human voice. There's a human voice who said a couple of things. I think he says something like, uh, come on, buddy. That's my little chef, that kind of thing. And that's all you hear from them. Um, They don't sound like they're in any particular danger from the, the screeching, smashing thing. But there you go. That's basically everything. It's 20 seconds. But what is actually happening? within that 20 seconds. If you want to have a guess, if you think you know, send me a message. 07807 183538. Put that in your phone. Put a message in. It'll get to me. You can email me as well on station at wizardradio.co.uk. Twitter is at wizardradio. Instagram is at wizardradio. Facebook.com slash wizardradio. You can get us on there as well. What's going on in this 20 second clip? Oh, there's my little chef. Buddy. 
Okay, I won't assault your ears with that again for at least another 55 minutes. But what do you think is happening there? When you, if you actually see the visual, it's it's so much funnier. But even the audio is just ridiculous. What's happening? 07807 183 538. Get your guesses in before about quarter to five, and I'll let you know if you're right before the end of the show. On the way, I'll play you some Daya Ashniko, and also I would like to celebrate the life and times of Daft Punk with a game called Your Daft Punk. So that's coming up after the news. It's four o'clock. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio, that was Daya. And before that, Ashniko and Khalees deal with it. Hi, it's Alec Feldman on for Saturday afternoon playing Dua Lipa soon and Lil TJ. And next, I want to play some Daft Punk because Daft Punk, they, you know, the people in the helmets, the electronic music duo, they broke up this week. Is it a breakup? Maybe less a breakup, more of just a retirement, I suppose. I don't think uh, Daft and Punk will be releasing solo material. It's more just they're like, right, we've done it all. Now we can we can retire. So that's kind of a, a shame, I suppose, after all the years of music making. And so I wanted to do some kind of tribute to them. And I thought, what better tribute could I do to the two musical greats that are Daft Punk than a stupidly titled game? So welcome along to your daft, uh, hang on, I need to be really careful here. Your daft punk, that's the name of the, the feature. It's called your daft punk. Yes, get that in my head. And so how your daft punk works is um, basically I will describe using some clues famous people who wear helmets because Daft Punk, they, they wore helmets. You never saw what they actually looked like. And James and you just have to guess who they are. It's very simple. Um, name first, concept second. So welcome to your Daft Punk, uh, James Gilmore. I'm excited for this. Are you a Daft Punk? Um, I'm not a Daft Punk. Good, that's good to hear. Um, how clued in are you on famous people who wear helmets? I reckon I actually once had to do a um, piece of research on this. <laughs> so, um, so mask and helmet wearing pe- musicians in particular, I'm alright on. Outside of that, I might need a little bit of help. Okay, we'll see how you do then. Uh, I've got four rounds of your Daft Punk to play with you. Okay. And I think I'll start off quite easy. Who is the name of this helmeted celebrity? Um, They are quite famous, but sadly no longer with us. They've got a very conventional name. They're very well-travelled, and they've got quite small feet. Is it um, the woman from that children's TV show who flew in the airplane with the dog? Auntie Mabel. (laughs) She wears a helmet when she's flying. Yeah, that's true. She does wear a helmet, but does it fit with any of the other clues? Small feet. I suppose it does. I I didn't know about her feet size. I'm no Hmm. longer with us. I think she's still alive, as far as I'm aware. Alright, it feels unlikely. I think Auntie Mabel's still going. Pippin, on the other hand. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, okay, I'm gonna need a further clue here. Um, the reason I say they have small feet is because they take small steps. Is it Buzz Aldrin? 
yeah, yeah, you're, you're so nearly there. Um, what's the other guy's name? Well, you uh. tell me. Yes, I'm trying to find. Um, oh my god, if it's not right, I need to think through my NASA knowledge. Um, Buzz Aldrin never even oh. set foot on the moon. No, Armstrong. There you go. Thank you. You are correct. The first helmeted celebrity is Neil Armstrong because he would have had to wear a helmet when he was walking on the moon in not, 1969. <laughs> not Auntie Mabel. Not Auntie Mabel. Okay. Um, right, the next helmeted celebrity. They're known for being very fast. The very stick. fast, quite, quite. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> the stick. Yes, it's the stick. Well done. Oh, Aren't you clever? You got that very quickly. Mm-hmm. All right. How about how about this one then? This helmeted celebrity. Um, they're very very small. Very small. They have a catchphrase, and they like to hang out with a cowboy. The cowboy. I was gonna say Stuart Little. Um, Stuart. Well, does Stuart Little hang out with a cowboy? No, a little kid. Um, but he doesn't wear a helmet. Oh. Um, <laughs> wait, helmets only a... in this game. Oh, hangs out of a cowboy. That's um, Buzz Lightyear. Yes, it is. Buzz Why Lightyear. Why are I... <laughs> the things that I think are first? So random. I know. That's two mentions for people called Buzz so far in the game. Yeah. <laughs> you daft punk. Um, I am, yeah. So, well done. We continue with the final helmeted celebrity. Uh, they share uh, half a catchphrase with Barack Obama, I would say. Um, they have an ambiguous relationship with one of their female co-workers. And they have a lovely belt, I would say. Those are my clues for the final helmeted celebrity. What? Um, with their female... Co-worker. Who... <laughs> But they wear a helmet. Mm. This is really difficult. Well, I feel like the first the first few have been really easy, so I've ramped it up now. Is it Lewis Hamilton? It is it who? Lewis Hamilton. No, I did consider doing Lewis Hamilton, but I decided against it. It's I'm not Lewis guess, Hamilton. I'm going to guess some person, not because I think it could be this other person, but because the fact you've not done a clue about this person shocks me is it marshmallow <laughs> that would be the very obvious thing to do so if it's marshmallow who is the the female co-worker i don't know I... suspiciously close to Anne marie yeah i i have no idea who this is um so you know how bonus i said they share clue. half a catchphrase yeah bonus clue bonus clue right but the, the half a catchphrase they share with barack obama is the Yes, we can. Bob the Builder. Yes. But who's you got his, it. Who's his female co-worker? Well, Wendy. What's I, the deal I between those watched. two? Are they co-workers? Are they lovers? Are they are they siblings? <laughs> Who knows? I've not watched that show in a very long time. Clearly, you have watched it more recently than me. Surprisingly, yes, but it was in French. Well, I, anyway, no excuse that, really. That is the fourth and final helmeted celebrity. It's Bob the Builder, who wears a big yellow hard hat, which I would classify as uh, like a safety helmet. So I think that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I just realised I could have done like cyclists as well because they wear helmets too. Bradley done, Wiggins. Like, Bradley Wiggins or yeah. Lance Armstrong. Damn it. 
Lance oh, well, maybe. Is it Lance Armstrong a swimmer? <clears throat> no, like, he's a cyclist. Very famously he, a cyclist. He was. Like, yeah. My, my cultural reference points are right off today. You have truly proven once and for all that you are a bit of a daft punk today. <laughs> so there is the game, <laughs> you daft punk, to celebrate, well not to celebrate, to commemorate uh, Daft Punk. So let's play one of their biggest songs right now is get lucky on wizard radio there they go fading away into the distance with their helmets on stuff punk and get lucky on wizard radio a moment of respectful silence for daft punk please okay that's quite enough thank you very much it's alec feldman good afternoon playing soon Lil tj and the really good new Dua Lipa song which is called we're good that's next so stick around i was thinking though this week i really miss going to the cinema i miss a lot of things obviously because we're in a pandemic and I've been thinking, you know, what am I kind of excited to do again when all this is over, whenever the hell that may be, June or later or earlier, but probably not. And genuinely, the cinema, I think, is up there. I really enjoy the experience of of going. And I know that sounds really weird because, like, all people have done for the last year is watch TV and films at home. But it's not the same. It really isn't. I really enjoy the the whole experience of going to the cinema, like, everything. Sure, you can watch a movie anywhere, but you can't get a sticky floor anywhere, can you? You can't get annoyed by someone sat on their phone in front of you anywhere, can you? Or, I don't know, two teenagers sort of doing who knows what at the back. That isn't replicated when you just watch films at home. And I think it's a shame. But, like, I even miss... I know this will sound really weird. I miss the ads a little bit. You know, when you get there, like, 20 minutes after the scheduled start time, because you're like, ah, yes, I'll be really smart, and I'll show up late to miss the ads, and then you get there, and there's still, like, half an hour left of ads. I even miss that a little bit. And I was just thinking, you know, you've got, like, the ads for, like, the trailers and random food products and Ben & Jerry's or whatever that you get. But then you also get, like, the ads that are specific to the cinema. I don't know what other cinemas have. I usually go to a view, because they do their $4.99, any film, any time. Oh, yes. And they're the ones that are always on in view that you remember. There's the one with the, the balls. Um, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you won't have a clue what I'm on about. But it's got the balls, you know, the metal balls. And they're like... Don't worry about it. But they also have this one that always takes you by surprise and kind of creeps you out a little bit. Are you ready? Hello. Hi. Makes you notice, doesn't it? Yeah. A little bit of darkness. Yeah, it really does that one. And that's before, like, every film. Except I think if you're going to see, like, a horror film, instead of saying hello, it'll say boo or something. But that's the one that I was kind of randomly thinking about the other day. And I was like, hmm, what is the man that says hello up to now? Because the cinemas are closed. Is he all right? Has he got paid employment? And I was sort of, uh, this is a weird tangent to go down, but I was Googling to find out who the man that says hello is. And I found out something quite incredible. So the man that says hello at View Cinemas has a new job. He's got a new job that he's only got because of the pandemic. He's actually doing very well out of the pandemic because this guy hello is the same as this guy. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. They're the same person. Hello. Hi. Stay home. All right. Protect the NHS. Okay. Save lives. Will do. It's the same guy. Voice for hire. Even though all the cinemas are shut and he can't just show up saying hello anymore, he can still make a killing out of telling us to stay at home. So that's good. If you're ever wondering what happens to the man that says hello in the cinemas, now all the cinemas are shut, 
The answer is, he's the voice of the whole pandemic. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. So that's a cool thing that I've learned this week. Coming up next, why big mouths cost lives. I've really been screwed over by someone this week. But first, how good is this brand new song, Dua Lipa? We're good. It'll be in your head all day. This is Wizard Radio. The perfect song for springtime. Dua Lipa, we're good. It's so happy. It's so upbeat. It's so fun. I love it. Hello, it's Alec on Wizard Radio. How is it going? You know, before I was saying about uh, the, the man that says, stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. That, that's all well and good as a catchphrase, but I've got, I've got a better one. Um, it's called... Big mouths cost lives. Have you got Have you got a mate? Do you know someone? I bet you do. Who, you know, as much as they try, they just cannot keep their trap shut. They, they always blab. They say things they're not supposed to. They tell the wrong thing to the wrong person. Can't be trusted with a secret. Generally, just a bit useless at knowing anything vaguely confidential. Like, you don't trust them. I bet you do. Um, I have... I know one of these people and it's kind of landed me in trouble this week and it it, it culminated in a, a really awkward situation and I'll, I'll tell you about it now um, I don't really talk about this very much on the radio because I mean to be frank it's, it's quite boring but I don't just sort of you know sit on my arse all day I do have a sort of job I suppose yeah it's, it's like a job I get to go in hashtag key worker life it's not really a key worker job and you know I do that and it's it's cool you know pays pays rent and stuff um and i work with a guy and i've i've sort of known of this guy for a while i've like seen him around you know we've had chats we've had a nice time and i feel like at some point whilst knowing this guy like probably over a year ago right i i did an impression of someone um someone else that we sort of we work with right because you know i just i, I don't know why i did it i just did um and I did it to him and he was like, oh, that's really funny. Well done. Yeah, that's that's great. And, you know, all forgotten about. I haven't really seen this guy very much recently. Um, and I'd kind of completely forgotten that that ever happened. And here we are, right? It's over a year later. And I know the person I did an impression of quite well at this point. They're very nice. Uh, very helpful and kind to me uh, in the past. And I, think I think they're great, right? And I saw them at work the other day. And they were like, so, I hear you do an impression of me. And, I mean, of all the things for someone to say to you, like the first thing they say when they see you, that's a pretty bad one. Because immediately you're like, you're on the back foot, you're like, oh my god, uh, who told you that? And of course it was, it was Blabbermouth, it was my mate who, who I haven't seen for ages anyway. He, he thought it would be a fun and clever idea to mention the fact that I have historically, in the past once, done an impression of this person. To the person I did the impression of. What? Why would you do that? Are you stupid? Why would you drop me in it like that? I know you, I probably shouldn't have, have, have done an impression, but why would you Why would you tell them? That completely dropped me in it. And obviously when someone says that to you, you're immediately on the back foot. You're like, oh my God, how can I make this situation not so bad? And I was like, oh, um, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I did once, like over a year ago. But it was all with love. It was an affectionate impression, you know. I didn't mean any any harm or anything. I wasn't being mean. And and then they were like, oh, go on then. And I was like, what? And they were like, do it. And I was like, really? You want me to do my impression of you in front of you? And they were like, yeah. 
Yeah, go on then. Let's see if it's any good. And I was completely dying inside because this is like the worst case scenario. This is awful. This is horrendous. You never think these things will come back to bite you. And then all of a sudden, you're doing an impression of someone to their face. And so I did it. And their critique was, you make me sound so manly. And I was like, yeah, but, but I kind of, you know, that's just my voice doing your voice. I'm not saying you sound really like manly or anything. Uh, that's, you know, that's not on purpose. And just massively groveling and being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I did it in a nice way. Uh, please don't hate me. I'm not a terrible person. And just massively trying to dig out of this hole. And then um, I feel like I never learned my lesson here because then to try and dig myself further out of this situation, I then had to go, you know, it's fine. It's nothing personal. I do impressions of everyone. And then offered to do an impression of another co-worker. So I'm sure in like a year's time, that one will come back to bite me as well. But at the time, it felt like the best way to get out of this situation with, you know, minimal harm. Luckily for me, me and this person are quite matey. So they're like, yeah, it's fine. You know, you know me, we're mates. We can, we can, I can take it. We can have a laugh. So it's kind of fine, I think. But, oh man, what an uncomfortable situation to be in for me having to do this impression to somebody's face because Blabbermouth couldn't keep their mouth shut that I'd done it. How do they even remember? It was literally once over a year ago. I don't understand. But anyway, I digress. You have friends like this, I'm sure, because everybody does. And so if you've got a friend who just can't keep their mouth shut, they are gobby as anything and they will spread anything like like wildfire then let me know 07807 183 538 if your big mouth mate has ever landed you in trouble i want to hear about it you can tweet me at WizRadio as well or on the email station at wizardradio.co.uk is where you'll find me when have your friends who can't keep their trap shut ended up getting people into trouble right coming up avenue b and lil tj which I am excited to play so much so that I've done some research into Lil TJ just to like introduce you to Lil TJ in case you don't know who he is already. And so I've, I've spent many, many hours looking this up so you know that you'll be getting the highest level of information. So let's do a 60 second guide which is completely factually accurate to Lil TJ. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. Lil TJ has been called the Bronx Justin Bieber by some people. Uh, because he's got the same well-conditioned and floppy fringe that Justin had right at the start of his career. And like Justin Bieber, he launched his career the old-fashioned way. No TikTok for Lil TJ. He recorded and produced albums at home and then burned them onto CDs that he'd sell outside a shopping mall. Being from the Bronx, he's very good friends with the politician AOC. She even appeared in the video to his 2019 track, Sex Sounds. She played the part of a hotel guest who was having their night's sleep ruined by noises coming from the room next door. In the track, Calling My Phone, he references Dora the Explorer, which is his favourite TV show. He loves it so much that at his gigs, he puts his microphone in his backpack and he won't take it out and begin the performance until the crowd shouts, BACKPACK, as loudly as possible. And if he ever sees any pickpockets in the crowd, he will literally interrupt his performance to yell, SWIPER NO SWIPING, and encourage the crowd to join in too. And that is Lil TJ in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun. From a safe distance. Wizard Radio playing Avenue Beat with Woman and Lil TJ. Calling my phone before that. It's Alec Feldman until 5. Peach and Justin Bieber both coming up before the end of the show at 5. But now we're talking about how big mouths cost lives. Um, I've decided because 
I was forced to do an impression of someone to their face the other week. Purely because they found out I did the impression by someone else I did the impression to approximately a year ago. And and somehow they thought it would be a clever idea to tell them and then boom, humiliation for me. This is why the gobby people in your friend groups are not to be trusted. I mean, uh, saying this person is in my friend group is a bit, bit of an exaggeration, especially after that. But there you go. So I want to know about your, your big mouth mates. And George says, Alec, hi, that's me. You're not going to like this. I actually have a friend called Alec, who's the big mouth of my friendship group. He's the person that if you tell one piece of information, suddenly makes its way all around our school. I remember I once told him I had a crush on this girl before school. Literally by lunchtime, I walked into the lunch hall and everyone knew. Even the randomers who were stood behind me in the lunch queue were talking about it. He just can't be trusted anymore. Oh, mate. I'm furious at this message. Not not because of anything you've done, George. Just because your friend Alec is letting the team down here. I didn't even know there were this many Alex in, in circulation in the world. I've met one once. That's like the only Alec I've ever come across in my 21 years on this planet. So the fact that you know another one and they are a big blabbery mouth gossip, that's very disappointing to me. Um, and they've clearly caused you great humiliation. So I can only apologize on behalf of Alec Kind for what this person did to you. I'm so sorry. They don't they don't speak for all Alex, okay? Hashtag not all Alex. Don't don't let that Alec give you a bad view of, of the rest of us because we're not all like that, I promise. Chloe says, I've basically been in the same situation as you, Alec. Okay. I used to do an impression of one of my teachers, the history teacher. Because she was so annoying and a really easy person to do an impression of. It was a great impression, but probably not the most flattering. Uh, I don't know who it was that was the big mouth. But in the middle of class, she turned around to me and said, mm, Someone's told me that you do an impression of me. Why don't you do it for the class? And I went blood red in the face. I couldn't do it. I think that taught me my lesson about doing impressions, though. So... When your teacher asked you that, Chloe, was that because she wanted... She was like, oh, yeah, go on then, let's hear it. She genuinely wanted to hear the impression of herself in front of the class. Or was she just... Was it like power play? Was it to make you feel small and insignificant and embarrassed? I think it was probably the second, because that it did teach you a lesson. So I'd imagine it's that. But what if in the parallel universe, you, you've been like, go on, here we go, let's do it. And you'd actually done the impression. Do you think you would have got in trouble for doing the impression? Or was the punishment enough, just the humiliation of being called out that way? Who knows? I guess we'll never know now. I also, when I when I was forced to do my impression to this person's face, I did, I did tone it down a little bit. Because I was like, if I do the exact same thing I did, then that that would genuinely possibly offend them whereas if i do a sort of slightly rubbish one at least they won't think it's as bad that was my thinking i don't know whether it would actually work that way maybe i should have just gone you know full full throttle all guns blazing but probably better that, that i didn't oh my god i'm still getting a bit stressed just thinking about what happened you know that was a really really <laughs> awkward encounter oh no terrible I feel like I'll never be able to look him in the eye again now. Anyway, sorry. Enough of me reliving my trauma of what happened the other day. Daniela says, Big mouths really do cost lives, Alec. The person who used to be my best friend, who should not be named, um, 
I found out that she told another friendship group who were our sworn enemies basically all of my secrets. All of the people I had a crush on, things about my family, that kind of stuff. And then she thought I'd be friends with her afterwards. Keeping your lips shut is the most important things in this life. As my dad says, loose lips... <laughs> I messed that one up. But as my dad says, loose lips sink ships. Damn straight, Daniela. It's so true. Wow. Your friend's like a, a Russian spy in the Cold War. You think she's part of your group, but then, then she's feeding secrets to the other group, to the Russians. Can't believe it. How did he find out? Was there like a special like counter spy operation to weed out the double agent did you feed her with like false information was it like a an it's rebecca vardy's account type situation oh man i mean some clever detective work if so but well done you see these these friends they're just not to be trusted you know you can still be friends with them just you know be careful what you say around them because loose lips sink ships big mouths cost lives it's very true okay how about we play some Peach, and then we find out what is going on in the game. What's going on for this week? Let's do it. This is Josh on Wizard Radio. That's so good. Peach and Josh on Wizard Radio. Love that. Mars Mikulski's on at 5 o'clock. Justin Bieber's coming up. Also, just as a, as a quicker side, I've just seen that Rita Ora is free from quarantine in Australia. Ugh. Mute that. Anyway. It's Alec Feldman here, and we are going to now return to... What's going on? Just before four o'clock, I played you a 20-second clip that was quite painful to listen to, and very confusing. Let's revisit that right now. Oh, there's my little chef. I hope you haven't found that too traumatic. So what you just heard was a lot a lot of kind of screeching in a pained fashion. Followed by, I mean, there was a guy, he said like, Oh, thanks, buddy, and here's my little chef, and that kind of thing. And a lot of crashing around as well. But what what is actually happening in this, this mess? We've had a few suggestions. Harry says, It sounds like someone is in pain in this video, Alec. I think what's happening... Someone is filming a video of themselves cooking. It sounds like it's cooking that's happening in the video. Whilst in a rooster or a chicken coop, something like that. I can uh, I can hear chickens or roosters. Uh, so maybe it's a vlog of someone who lis uh, lives on a farm. They're trying to do a cooking tutorial. But the noise of all the animals in the background who are getting upset by the sounds of the cooking machines and utensils are drowning out the video that's my guess um right let me try and work that so you think there are live animals involved such as uh roosters or chickens and they're screaming because someone's doing some cooking okay why are they why are they screaming because of the, the cooking utensil noises i mean maybe i don't i don't necessarily see why they'd be that stressed unless they were the ones being cooked then then i could sort of understand why they're being so traumatized because they're like oh my god you're cooking me alive or oh my god you're cooking my family so maybe maybe that is potentially an explanation for this this negativity but i, I, I don't know 
the only bit you are right about though, Harry, is the fact that there is some cooking taking place. That we we can now confirm. But other than that, I'm not I'm not so sure you're really along the right lines. Sammy says, I don't think the screeching sounds from an animal. Mmm. There we might be onto something. Um it sounds like the sound of a machine, something churning something up. Maybe it's a meat grinder. Uh, I just can't believe the sound is actually from an animal, because otherwise, this isn't funny at all. My guess is that it's a dad watching someone else cook food, like his son or something, which is why he calls someone a little chef. But the sounds of the machines just make it sound really wild. <laughs> okay, I mean, you are correct, Sammy, in that I wouldn't just play out a clip of some animal cruelty on the radio. That... I think for me wouldn't be that funny um, but you again you say there's like a meat grinder so you think there's again some kind of food preparation taking place but it's a machine that's making the noise not a human or an animal interesting and then the the dad's watching the son grind meat and he's who's talking okay right um, yeah I mean I can confirm the sound is coming from a living thing it's not coming from a machine and it's not coming from an animal, but it is a living thing. And there's no father or son type um, relationship going on here. Again, I can also confirm that. So we're sort of, we, we've worked out, I think, that it's taking place in the kitchen so far. Those are both correct. But other than that, there's not, there's not a lot I can really, really take from these messages so far. Reese says... This is a dog trying to cook food. At the start of the video, the guy says, there goes my little chef, or something like that. Which I think is him encouraging his dog to cook food. The dog's not doing a very good job, which is why there's a lot of clanging and bashing, because everything is going on all over the place. I don't know why I think it's a dog in particular, but that's just my indication. Dog cooking. I can imagine that wouldn't sound pretty. Um, the other week I did, I think, have on what's going on a pig playing the piano, so it wouldn't be unheard of. But... Reese, I'm afraid there are no dogs in this video. I think now is the point to reveal that every single person in this video, I think, is human. Just about. But other than that, um, we haven't really got very far. No dogs, no animals, no meat grinders. George says, isn't this just the sound of one of those coffee machines they use at Starbucks? They sound awful, and it's a very similar sound. The rest of the sounds in the clip don't really add up, but it could just be a Starbucks coffee machine. A very good guess, but no, it's not Starbucks. It, it, the noise is coming from from a person, I'm afraid to say. I think I think it's probably time. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what is actually going on in the clip. So. <laughs> Let's let's listen to it one more time just so I can fully convey just how weird and horrible it is. Oh, there's my little chef. So what's happening is a TikTok, first of all. It's of a person trying to make a fried egg. So they are in a kitchen. They are cooking. However, the weird thing about this is the, the person that's making the fried egg. Because you can't actually see the person. <laughs> what it is, it's, it's a really tall, lanky, limmy thing. Because it's a person. But, like, they're wearing really baggy clothes. And then attached to their arms, 
they've got like litter pickers instead of hands. So they're like poking out of their sleeves. Attached to their feet, they've got what they look kind of like running blades or something. I can't work out exactly what they are, but that's what they've got instead of like legs poking out of their shorts. So it's very lanky and weird that you can't see their face. They've got like a almost like a morph suit on and then their face is covered by a white mask. They're making a horrendous screaming noise and trying to crack an egg, put it in a frying pan, then take it off the frying pan and put it on a plate, but using their like litter picker hand things, all the while making a very horrible noise. And I don't really know why, but here it is. That's what's going on this week. It's a weird uh, limmy person trying to make a fried egg and making a horrible noise um so there you go it's a tiktok who made the tiktok soggy nugget is the name of the person who made this tiktok if you want to have a look and see for yourself just how cursed it is so that's what's going on this week well done to everyone that sort of half got there a little bit we'll do another one next week and i think that's about it from me thank you so much for listening to the show as ever and for your excellent contributions they really make the show I enjoyed the the people's budget and the the big mouths cost lives this week. If you missed any of it, check out the podcast. You can get it from Spotify, iTunes, all the usual podcast places. And I'll catch you next week. Miles is up after Justin Bieber and anyone on Wizard Radio. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.